Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of the Knife Journal podcast. My name is Kyle Versteg, and I'm here with James Noka, and we are here to talk about knives and monkey business and all sorts of things. Welcome. Hello there. How are you today? Uh, good. Yeah, I just got uh, um, my Skype back up and running, so we've been kind of had a little, like a two-week hiatus, yep. and uh, my Skype account got hacked, uh-huh. and uh, ended up costing me about 1300 bucks so far. Well, they're going to refund that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was, I tell you what, it was a nightmare trying to get it get it all squared away. I'm just, I'm on the downhill slide right now. Good. I've got, uh, got control of my account back. I've got, uh, what they did was every Skype account has an admin Mm -hmm. and they, and they used my Skype account. They became an admin and then they added people to my account and then we're, we're allocating Skype credits to everybody and their asshole brother. Right. And so I, you look at the phone calls that my account made, and it's like Ethiopia, Somalia. I'm probably on the terrorist watch list now because of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> watch out if you see a bunch of people running around outside your back door with uh, MP5s and... Night vision goggles. Yep. Watch out. Yeah. Yep. So that was kind of a... That was kind of a... An annoyance. Yep. What have you been up to? We've been freezing our asses off up here. Yep. I've been... Uh, Working, you know, all that stuff. Not much else. Pretty boring. Body, doing body replacement parts. That kind of stuff. Tune-ups. Yeah, yeah that stuff. Oil, oil changes. Yeah, that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know. Been uh, hitting the gym pretty hard, and today I decided I better take a few days off because uh, I'm to the point now where I'm breaking down. And not Ooh. like building up, <laughs> so Ooh. I'm going backwards instead of forwards. So yeah. in the past, when I've hit that point, what I do is I take some a few days off and do cardio or something. I mean, I yeah. I take breaks every week, but um. So you're so you're actually lifting? Oh God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like bench pressing two fifty? Uh, I don't know if I could. I don't. I don't really do that heavy of lifting. I I could probably put up two fifty. Um, it maybe once, (laughs) um, but you know, I, uh, I work out with, um, lower, lower weight than that. Like, like starting at like 135 and then going up cause I do a bunch of reps and I do Mm -hmm. four sets. And on Mm -hmm. the last set, I choose a weight that I can only do like five or six of. So nice. Yeah. I, I threw a ton of coal yesterday. Nice. How so? Wood stove burning coal yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's a it's a multi-fuel thing. So, I uh I, so far this winter I've burned 30 30 cord of wood. Mhm. And uh I'll probably finish up about a ton and a half of coal. Mhm. So, that's I figure that's not so bad. Burning pretty good? Yeah, well, you know it it needs it has to be cold. For, uh-huh. for the coal to work real well. 
it has to be cold. Uh-huh. Um, if it's cold, the, the the furnace cycles enough times that it keeps the keeps the coal fire burning. Okay. If if not, it doesn't uh, it doesn't work well. If it's like over thirty, it doesn't work well. So how are the PWIP plans coming? They're they're coming. A lot of people are going for the last uh, the last one. It's uh, I spoke with Terrell on the phone, and he just said he's you know just tired of doing it. It's been fourteen years. That's enough already. Yep, yep, and um, he said it's not. He said it's not been fun for him the last couple of years. He said it's just been a a lot more work. And he said, you know what? He said I I said that when it's not fun for me anymore, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, and I and I don't blame him. You know, it's it is a lot of work. Um, I offered uh to take it over, and he said have at it. So, um, 2016, we'll plan on an early spring. PWIP maybe like a, a couple weeks later, you know. So we're talking about the maybe the end of April. Uh-huh. Um, we'll we'll do one up here, um, and we'll do it like a um, like they were intended originally. You know, this state land and and uh, you know basically practicing what you preach, you roughing know, it just out. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it doesn't have to be crazy because there's a lot of people that go to that that physically couldn't do it like that anymore. But right, right. Um, well, that's good well, news. Uh, I talked to Chance Sanders yesterday, and he can't go to this one. Why? Uh, he's got some real life stuff. You know, his uh, wife's having a baby, and then he's busy with work and all this stuff, so he can't really get away. But oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, that sucks. My understanding is Sammy is coming and Dave is coming and good. You know those guys are coming, so I haven't I haven't decided if I should fly into Asheville or Knoxville. Is it a big difference in price? Not much, and one of them involves me riding in a car an hour, and the other involves me riding in the car seven. <laughs> yeah, but it's seven hours with moi. I know, and plus it involves a stop off at uh, it's Smoky, Smoky Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> So again, it's, I'm kind of torn, and I still haven't we still haven't quite fully decided on TP or no TP yet. Hmm. That's something we'll have to yeah. mull around a little more. Wrestle with. Yeah, I floated the idea, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't shot down. Okay. So. Well, we'll see what as it gets closer, we can figure out what we're gonna do. Yeah. Well, we should probably get into all this stuff because um, I don't want this to drag on too long. Hey. <clears throat> okay. So, um, my son-in-law, to be, uh-huh. um, started trapping this year. Right. And he's been hooked up with a with an old timey, like a seventy year old guy that that uh, kind of taken him under his wing. He's a crotchety old guy, I guess, and and um, ha- but has a lot of knowledge. He's trapped his whole life. Uh-huh. So Ben is picking up on it, and and. Uh, you know, when you have an old guy like that kind of showing you the ropes, it saves a lot of, you know, trapping is a is a pretty steep learning curve, actually. Uh-huh. I don't know if you realize that or not, but it's a pretty steep learning curve. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that, that goes and in, that's involved with. So he says, uh, well, the first thing he does, he, he sees that this guy's got a muskrat knife, and it's a shred, old time, you know, shred old timer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So he says, uh, I'm going to get one just like it. So he orders a straight old-timer. Well, little does he know that the 70-year-old guy has a straight old-timer from 
probably 20 years ago, as opposed to the new ones today that are come from China. Uh-huh. So Ben has some uh, some luck trapping, gets like four beaver, and first one he starts skinning out with his new brand new pocket knife that he's got, freaking can't even get through it without having to sharpen the knife. And then he had to sharpen it when he was done. And he said, that's ridiculous. He said, the other one, you could do several beavers without having any trouble. And he said, here, I can't even get through one. That's got to be the steel. Yeah. So um, I worked with Derek about uh, at Knife Ship Free and got him a um, Canal Street Cutlery uh, muskrat. Good. Which, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, Canal Street Cutlery stuff, like, for instance, this. Ooh, yeah. sunfish. Big, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm real or, happy or, with it. Or or elephant toenail, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm, I'm real happy with it. Yeah, that's a that's a great knife. I mean, and, and um, hang on a second. Come on. Come on. My old guy wanted to come in. And uh, Wally Gardner really knows how to make pocket knives. And... Um, he was with Schrade for quite a few years, and uh, so he knows. And so Ben got this new knife, and he's all excited because, you know, it's a it's a new knife, new muskrat knife, and can't wait to get the you know sink it into the next uh, the next beaver that he gets. Huh. Well, um, I saw. <coughs> remember, a long time ago, I said that uh, a lot of makers were going to start putting their own. Uh, uh, take on the um, tracker knives, right? Well, I was laughing. I was laughing about that because if you look at Facebook, it's totally blown up with with tracker tracker designs that are. Um, I mean, it was like we we totally brought that back. Okay, and then well, um, so I found a uh, folding tracker. Yeah, I did you? I tagged so I tagged yeah. Jim in this folding tracker, and it actually looks pretty cool. But I don't understand it because it's got hollow grind up front and hollow grind in the uh, in the area next to the handle. So I don't I don't understand why you would have two grinds. But you know what do I know? I just use knives. Okay. The guys, hold on, hold on. Let me just give the inf- information out, and then we can be done with this topic. The guy's name. Look on uh, yep. Instagram, Insta N Pound. Unbelievable. And the name of the knife is, uh, let me see, it's the... Yeah, that's a... Um, double homicide. Uh, anyway, kind of neat. That's a pretty wild looking thing. I will yep. say that. That's a pretty... Yep. Yep. Um, so, anyway, I, I saw that on uh, my Instagram feed this morning, and thought I'd thought I'd mention that as uh, more and more makers are starting to kind of put their own spin on that on that tracker design. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because a lot of uh, there's a I guess I guess Beck is starting to make that again too. Oh, is he? Yeah, and him and Kevin Estella are going to do a, uh, a class about how yeah. to use the knife. In in August. 
And yeah. I, I want to go to that. I just don't know for real life reasons whether or not I'll be able to go to that. Um, right. Kevin put a link on my wall on Facebook. Let me see if I can give at least give him a plug here. Um, it's on, uh, so it's Kevin Estella. And uh, it's called the Beck Knives Tracker Knife Training. Saturday, August 15th at 9 a.m. Eastern in Hamburg, Pennsylvania. And you can, if you're on Facebook, um, just look up Beck Knives Tracker Knife Training, and then that will be, uh, that's the event page for it. So check that out. Um, I would would like to go. I just am unsure at this point whether um, time-wise that's going to work for me. Um, but... Uh, Speaking of trackers, Corey Murphy uh, called me the other day, and uh, he was—he uh, he loves to gripe about, um, you know, the the expert bushcrafters that we have in in our country that like know fucking everything there is to know about fucking everything, and if you disagree with one thing they say, despite having way more experience than them, then you get wolf packed. So anyway, they've got this thread over there, and I'm not plugging the site, so fuck all of you. You do not get a plug. <laughs> they, uh, they've got this thread over there that says, uh, uh, now they're doing this humble brag thing. And they're saying, well, you know, this tracker knife is so great that it's, it's like cheating when I use it. You know, it's so easy for me because I've got the, it's humble brag, basically. And and they go on for like pages and pages and Corey was like griping about it. And I'm, just, I'm like, why do you read that shit? There's nothing over there that's even remotely interesting. And they're a bunch of douchebags. Yeah, so, it's funny. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I don't even know. Sometimes I don't even know what to, what to make of that. I, I, I don't get it. I... I don't know. I <laughs> it's just stupid. Like yeah. whatever. They just need to all just die. <laughs> um, anyway, uh let's see so what I've, else came up recently. I've got uh Oh, and um, I I meant to say that with peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? Yep. From a few years ago when uh Ringo Yep. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. Peace and love. Peace and love. I want to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you, thank you. And no objects to be signed. Nothing. Uh, anyway, peace and love, peace and love. Got, uh, he's like, I'm warning you with peace and love, peace and love. Absolutely <laughs> no items will be accepted after October 15th or whatever it was. It's um, funny. I got a, I got an email. This will get okay. you going. It's right up on the Bushcrafter thing. Oh, no. <clears throat> it says, um, this is from uh, listener Nathan, okay. who says, quote, what's wrong with Mora knives, and which ones have you owned? <laughs> and 
All well, I can say is, all I can say is, most more knives are under twenty bucks. You can own a whole ass load of them. Yeah, I've owned, <laughs> I've owned a bunch of them. Um, you know, I don't have anything particular against them. I, the thing I have against them is more of a, of more is more that they're a fad and they're touted as these super knives and they're not. So like, well, you know, analogous to the kitchen. Imagine if. You know those cheap-ass little pairing knives that they give away for free with, like, your bank's name on them sometimes, yep. or they used to, or you buy, get them yep. at the state fair with, like, um, Algona Co-op on them, on the side of them or whatever. <laughs> like, imagine if, like, those, and you can literally buy them for 50 cents at the grocery store, and you use them five times, and they dull, and you throw them out. Yep. But imagine if all of a sudden people were saying that that was, like, some super knife. It's the same thing. That's yeah. what Amora Amora is a throwaway knife. It yeah. just is. And you can ask Mora, they'll tell you that. Yeah. You know. Well, you know what's what's interesting is I don't have anything against them. It's just that the notion that the whole Scandi grind thing is the thing that gets me. Is it <laughs> you know, oh that's traditional. That's tra- and it's traditional my ass. If you want to see a traditional a traditional Scandi ground knife Look for a vintage one that's made before 1900, or you know, when they weren't ground like that. Well, right, yeah. If you look at and and the whole thing, the whole thing is that they're romanticizing this Sami culture, right? Which is which was an awesome culture. It's like, you know, and Viking it still is. Times, it's still there, right? It's like Viking times culture, and they really are like manly men and stuff. But they're romanticizing it, and they're they're fixing on like the knife aspect of it. Well. <clears throat> The Sammy guys, those are if you get a, if you look at an authentic one of those, one that was like really from the time period that everybody romanticizes. Guess what the grind is, fuck faces. Yeah, it's a convex grind. Yep. There was no precise twelve point five degree grind on any knife, and if you use it once, it's a convex grind because it's yep. not like they had super steels back then. You know, yep. so it's just, but now that I've ranted about that, it's... Uh, and I knew that would get you going. Right. Well, I, I will tell you from, from experience that the Scandi grind for these wood carving tasks, like if you're trying to do like a um, netting needle for, for making big fishing nets mm-hmm. or or other stuff like that, that Scandi grind really, for me, performs better than... Just about any right, other but, grind, but okay. Let me but stop that's you there not for the, one second. I, I hardly ever do that. <clears throat> Let me stop you there for one second. Okay. If you were in a time that you had to make a netting needle, uh huh. Would you the, the people that made netting needles with those? Uh-huh. Do you suppose that they had Scandi ground knives? No, they didn't. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can, you can you can absolutely make a netting needle without a Scandi grind. It's just that really that that Scandi grind does. It just makes for it. Me, it makes it easier. Yeah, it's like easy. I'm going to do a humble brag. It's true. <laughs> if I have a Scandi well, grind, I just fuck and, everybody up because I'm such a badass. <laughs> well, that's that's the funny part. It's like okay, so really, you if you want to emulate the the people that 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 made the netting needles like that, mm-hmm. um, you probably shouldn't cheat and use a Scandi grind. You probably should try to do it the way they used to do it at that time. Yeah. The problem is you can't fucking romanticize about it because it was miserable work. And it was a miserable life. 
Like people yeah, died, and uh, if they lived to their twenties, <laughs> it was awesome. I was talking to I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who who kind of like is he's he's out of sorts in our in our modern day. Uh-huh. He he really is a somebody that should have been born in the nineteen hundreds or or eighteen fifties. Yeah, and I said, but you know what's a you'd be dead now. <laughs> I said that's the that's the unfortunate reality. There we have a notion that everything was you know fucking rainbows and unicorns in 1850, but you know what? They had all kinds of nasty shit yeah. in 1850. I mean, if you got if you got a, a cut, you died of sepsis. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. Well, and then so so here's the next thing. Um, let's see what where was I going to go with the whole Sammy thing? Well, I'll, I'll get back to it. Um, Croatia writes us. Okay, oh, what's going on in Croatia? Okay, so he says um, all knives I take into the woods are either in a bombproof secure sheath or tied to a necklace style lanyard. Um, Knife can either go around... Wait, no, that's not what he said. He said, uh, let's see. Well, here's another topic for you and Noka to rant on. Losing things that are clipped in your pocket. A few days ago, one of the more prominent YouTubers got his panties in a bunch because yet again, seventh time, he lost an expensive knife and flashlight going through the woods. So after watching his hissy fit, I checked out your DPX Hest review and saw your rocket science solution, a long lanyard. <laughs> uh, so he wants us to, uh, what? so what have you lost? How do you prevent losing such gear? And at what point do you have to start wearing a sign uh, that says, I'm a dumbass? So we'll start with you. What have you, what have you lost? And how do you how do you prevent it now? Actually, I lost a knife when I was uh, about I think I was fourteen years old. Uh huh. It, it was a Western. Um, I think it was called a fin and feather. It was a really small knife that my dad used to use. It had red um, red scales. Uh-huh. A very neat knife. It was a very cool knife. And I had got a deer out, and my hands were cold, 
and I put the knife into my pocket in the sheath, uh-huh. rather than having the sheath on my belt and putting it and snapping it shut, I put the whole thing in my pocket, and in the process of carrying the deer out, somehow or another, it fell out of my pocket. <laughs> and and really, since then, I don't think I've lost another knife Yeah. since, since that happened, because I never forgave myself for that. In fact, um, about... I don't know, about 10 years. Well, I guess when I started looking at eBay, I started looking at looking for that same kind of knife. I was uh-huh. going to replace it for my dad because it was my dad's knife. It was like his favorite one. And um, I ended up getting him another one that had um, like a pearlescent type scale. It was the okay. same knife, but it just had pearlescent type scale, and I replaced it for him. But but that was that was about it. I really haven't lost a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in the woods. I lose stuff in my house. Okay. <laughs> And that's only because it gets moved. Yeah, and then you well, then you have to move to find it again. <laughs> so somewhere in my house is a uh, bussy badger with a custom sheath made by Dwayne Keith Puckett. I haven't seen it since we moved into this house, but I know it's here somewhere. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, my I've only ever lost one knife in the woods, and that was a. Uh, a Gerber that was secured in the sheath. Uh, it, you remember, I, I've talked about that Gerber on the podcast before. Yep. And it, it somehow came out of the sheath, and I never saw it again. So now um, every knife that goes with me into the woods, if it's a belt knife, is in a uh, sheath that basically locks it in place and then has an additional lock on it to yep. keep it in place. So it... You know, if it's Kydex, it locks into the Kydex, and then there's a thing that locks around the handle. Um, or if it's a pocket knife, even if there is a clip on it, what I do is I make a necklace out of that uh, Zingit stuff, mm-hmm. that real soft yellow. I've showed you this before. Mm-hmm. And I put that through uh, either the lanyard hole or, um, or some sort of a, a fastening thing on the knife, and then... You can either wear it around your neck, which I would only ever do, and I actually only ever do that at night when I'm sleeping in the hammock or something, and I don't want it to get misplaced. Or you can take and just loop it through your around your belt so that it can't come off unless your belt comes off. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then if there isn't an option to secure the knife either uh, securely in a sheath or with a lanyard like that, it does not go into the woods with me. And I have not lost a knife since then. So that's my solution. Um, let's see. Moving on. Uh, so Obama's got a burn victim or two now. Oh, fuck. Don't start that. Okay, we're I won't. Not, we're not I'll just, ready for that I'll yet. just mention that um, because we. I don't think we have time to, to, to get into it, honestly. <laughs> um, um, Yoko Ono has some new music out, uh, which will be of great joy to our... Uh, annoying music fans on the show is it zamfir no it's much worse and i'll play some of it and you'll have to listen to the playback to hear it but basically it's just her screaming and a guy on a saxophone playing saxophone nice Oh! <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, let's get back to emails. Okay, emails. Um, hi, Jim and Kyle. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> um, it actually says first-time call inner. Yeah. Uh, I want to say thank you for the most excellent listen, even though you guys are a bit left of center with a, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> with a smiley face. Yeah. Your podcast is not only educational but entertaining. Even when Kyle is getting pissed off about the dogs barking, which really makes me laugh. <laughs> I wanted to comment on a few things. As a fellow knife maker, I enjoy hearing about Kyle's progress and experience making knives, <clears throat> and he should do more of it. I'm not sure why you had to shut down your shop, Kyle. Is it outside in the corn in the cornfield? Question mark. Basically. Uh, yeah. Even even if you were in an unheated, uninsulated structure. Just buy a kerosene heater, fill it up, and get back to work. On the subject of folders, I'm hugely addicted to making slip joints, and have made quite a few. Only with only a seven, a two by seventy-two, I am now getting ready to purchase a mill, surface grinder, and maybe a horizontal grinder. Man, mm. this guy's moving up in the world. Yeah, that's that's my next step. I highly recommend you give it a try, Kyle. Yes, there is. Uh, there is a thought and work that goes into them, but not much, not out of reach, and you don't need a machine shop to make them. There are some good tutorials floating around on Al Gore's web of lies that you can <laughs> Google. You can Google that shit. Google that shit. Yep. Uh, uh, I recommend Chris Crawford's DVD as well as Don Robinson's book. If you have any experience making a few fixed blades, follow Chris's DVD or Don's book, and keep in mind that it's thousands of an inch, not hundreds. Wow. Okay. And that things need to be flat when you make yep. fine, some fine folds. That's why you need that uh, surface grinder. Yep. I don't have one of those. But uh, I, I talked to uh, uh, T.M. Hunt of uh, T.M. Hunt Custom Knives. Uh, everybody knows I'm a fan of his. Well, he's actually a real deal machinist. Uh-huh. And so when it's time for me to buy my mill and stuff, uh, he's going to be high on my list of people to talk to um, about that, about what to get. Because I don't, I don't care how much it costs; I just want the right one. You know, I, yep. I mean, I'm not going to spend a hundred grand and get some CNC thing, but something that is doable for a, a knife shop. You well, know, if, you, if remember, you, have to spend you remember a Dan? Few thousand versus a few hundred, then you you remember Dan, right? Yeah, he he bought a mill. I think he. I think he said he. I want to say he paid five grand for it. That's about what a really good one costs. Yeah, an old, but it's old. Okay, old, so his is manual. really, really good then. Yeah, it's yeah. old manual. Okay, so let me continue. See, I really enjoyed the last few episodes on manliness. The worstification <laughs> of our society is one of the saddest things I know of. Hipsters are the manifestation of broken families and lack of physical labor. As a farm boy, I grew up. Sun up to sundown, hunting and fishing, putting food on the table. The problem today is we are too out of touch with that. All it takes, all the all the likes and hashtags in the world aren't going to make you a man. So besides the previously supplied advice on shaving, working out. Oh, <coughs> hang on a second. Let me shut that off.
anyway, so back he says um, he said uh, so by, so besides the previously supplied advice on shaving, working out, and whatnot, here are some tips: make something with your own hands. I suggest a knife making. I suggest knife making would be a good start, along with knitting doesn't count. No, no. Um, along the way, you will amass many a tool when you work on when you build workbenches, jigs, forges, and such. And knowing how to use tools will help you make a ma- will help make you a man. Get out of debt. The rich rules the poor, and borrowers is a servant up to a lender. Enough said. Donate your time and labor. Take care of your neighbors. Tie the ten percent or build that playground for your local park. Show the libtards that the government isn't the answer to everything. And yes, we can survive without the plethora of social services. Get the frick off social media, people. Seriously, how much time are you spending there every day? Use that 10 free hours a week to learn something new. There's nothing manly about posting on Facebook. You might not you might not be narcissistic, but you are definitely encouraging others to be. And well, I, I can't I, I can't say that. that I disagree with a single thing. Yep. Yeah. Eat right. Put down the bag of Doritos. Now, come on. Put down the bag of Doritos. For God's sakes, how can you put down a bag of Doritos? How You should never pick one up. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I like corn chips. Yeah, you got to stop that. I like They're Fritos. bad for you. Oh, Dude, Fritos, are, to, Fritos are good with chili. Yeah, exactly. I'm down to 196. Are you kidding me? Probably um, because of uh, your muscles wasting away because you're using coal instead of wood. <laughs> yeah, that could be. You know what? I, you know what I gained. So I st- I uh, started going heavy again on the weights. Yeah, yeah. You probably gained weight. Oh, my waist went down like drastically. I gained twelve pounds. Oh, yeah. In a month. Yeah, yeah that doesn't surprise that. me. That doesn't well, surprise it me surprises me because I've never been able to put on uh, muscle like that before. I'm like, wearing. Ever. Listen to this shit. I am wearing size 36 pants, not the bulgy crotch, baggy ass. You're not wearing skinny jeans. I am wearing skinny jeans. No, no. How do you have legs that will even fit into them? They're tight. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even. I can't even get my calves. Actually, they're. I don't know. I don't know if these qualify as skinny jeans. They're Levi's. Okay. But they're not. But they're not. um, They're not the ones for overweight elder men. Yeah. You know, the ones that have the poochy ass and the Yeah, yeah. In the expansion room for your balls, the the yeah. ball sack room. Yeah. My my balls show up in the in the bulge. Well I have so I, I wear regular size jeans, but those uh the real skinny jeans, I can't yeah. even get my calf down the the No, the these thigh I thing of them. It's I not because I'm fat, are, it's because I just have muscles. <laughs> I wouldn't say these are skinny jeans. I think they're uh um, they're just the standard, the standard cut like a teenager would wear. Yeah, I, I wear you know. standard cut jeans. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay, um, so uh, be aware of your surroundings. Don't be naive about your environment. Know where you are. Learn how to read a map. Learn how to protect your family and your neighbors. If you're a father and a husband, then be one, damn it. Provide for your own family. Stop making your wife work just so you have a big house and two car payments. Stop sending your kid off to some daycare that you call preschool or Montessori so so you can be better about others taking care of your kids. And do your own thing. Stop worrying about what others say or do. So that's I'd, his, have to, uh, I'd have to say that 
I don't see anything wrong with his uh, rant there. No, no, it was very good. I don't see a single thing wrong. Mm-mm. Okay, um, another topic. Uh, I know we got more emails to get through, but I wanted to bring some Instagram users uh, to our listeners' attention. Um, these are mostly courtesy of our uh, illustrious uh, field correspondent extraordinaire, Scurvy. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them is uh, MTX Craze, and he's this crazy balasong flipper, mm-hmm. and he's got videos of doing two hands completely independently, flipping two different balasongs, different tricks in each hand simultaneously. And it's not just that he's doing one trick, it's strings of them. They're constantly moving, and he's tossing them back and forth and everything. It's insane. Um, there's another guy... If you're into the Balasong thing, you should look up at Silent J. Um, really, another good one. And then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up. We don't have to say anything else at all. Uh, I'll let your dog stop barking. That is my lovely wife home early from work. Oh, that's good for her. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's one other Instagram user I want people to check out, and okay. uh, we don't have to talk about it at all, but I want people to just look at it. Uh, it's uh, P-A-U-L-O underscore B-A-L-Z-A-N-O. There you go. So just look at that one. Come here. <laughs> He's so excited. He's got to go outside. I can't deal with it. You know You know what he is? Do you, you ever see the movie The Jerk? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when Steve Martin said the new phone books are here? And he's running around like a crazy guy going, the new phone books are here. The new. That's, this is exactly what he does. The new phone books are here right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Another thing we should bring up is Ethan Becker has announced the spring gathering. It's going to oh. be like the first week end in May, which I'm going to try to get to. First weekend uh, in May. Yeah, he, he called me like last week. Uh to tell me, ask me if I was going to come, and I talked to him for a bit about uh, some stuff that's going on, which I may or may not be able to make it. Can't say anything yet, but I'm sure by the time we do another podcast, I'll be able to tell you all about it. Jim knows, though. Yep, yep. Um, but anyway, um, check out the, you can go on uh, Blade Forums, and then there's a uh, Becker Knife and Tool subforum, and the Spring Gathering uh, sign-up thread is in there. And that's worth. That's fun to go to. The coolest people in the world go to that. <laughs> I just saw your kids in the background. Oh See, yeah, they were sneaking by the window trying to be quiet. Yeah, my uh, youngest daughter has a friend over today. Ah, yeah, she yeah. went by the window with her going shh shh shh. Yeah. Which is funny. You know, my kids so, love dodgeball. It's oh, all they awesome. want to play. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. Like, so who are all these people that are like? traumatized by dodgeball like uh, i don't know i can't get my the, kids to stop playing it i know it they probably were i don't know I, I i am so aggravated by some of that shit it's not even funny um i have a question about a scope okay let's hear it uh would would ch- uh hi guys was wondering if you guys might have a suggestion on a scope to pair up with an h&r handy rifle chambered and a 22 hornet this Ooh, would 22 be, hornet yeah this would be mainly for pesky, destructive woodchucks, mostly within 100 yards. Yeah, you'll zap them there. Probably. Yes, your man in the field. 
Oh, you know who that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, so uh, our man in the field is my uh, naughty cousin who's a farmer. And we yep. were talking about this. That's why this rings a bell, because that, that 22 Hornet, he was asking me a while ago, like a year ago, where he could find ammo. Yeah. I told yep. him I didn't know. Um, so so he must have found ammo. Now he needs, needs a scope. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I would so, say... Go ahead. For for a reasonable price scope, yeah. right now, the best thing I'm seeing is a um, Nikon. Yeah, with the SBD? Yeah. Or yep. the SD, whatever it is that, that it, it has windage <clears throat> on there and all that. Yeah, they're, yeah. they are... Uh, Right now, I mean, I have I have some real expensive scopes. I have a Smitten Bender and a Night Force and yeah, and uh, uh, a couple Leopolds, yeah. Leopolds, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, but my my son-in-law to be picked up a Nikon. Yeah. And it is a nice scope for the money. I think he paid like two hundred and fifty bucks for it or something like that. Nice. And so you can so you can get a really nice Nikon. Because optics are important. I mean, typically your night your optics are gonna should cost about the same as your rifle. Yeah, believe, believe it or not. I yeah, mean, I know. Believe poo-poo me. People on that, but they'll buy a real expensive rifle and then put some piece of shit, you know, BSA, um, you know, eighty nine dollar scope on it. Yeah. <clears throat> and wonder why they can't hit anything. Well, and then yeah, so um, I I didn't I didn't believe any of this. Um, so I was a uh, before I got into um, the real long range, uh, you know, like crazy super shooting stuff, you know, where you're shooting, uh, uh, you know, 500 yards and beyond at a teeny tiny little target, I was one of these cheap scope guys. Like on my 22, I had like a Tasco, you know, that I bought at Target or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously, I sympathize with wanting um, cheap optics, but then anytime you get out uh, beyond um, even even up close shots, it the the optics make such a big difference because the the picture is clear. Uh, it, it's just way better. So the scope that I have on my uh, on my varmint rifle is a uh, Leupold VX3, and it's a 6.5 to 20 times, and it's a 40 millimeter objective, and then it's got a uh, side focus um, thing, and then it's got the Varmint Hunter reticle. Now, he's he's not going to need anything like that, but that just goes to show you the optics upgrade that you have to do if you're going to do and be have any kind of reliability out past, you know, I'd say... Out past 300 yards, your optics are going to make a big difference. Would Would you agree? I mean, you're a long range yes. shooter. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep. I would definitely agree. And and uh, <clears throat> the thing is, is that when you have when you have good equipment like that, you're and you spend the time to become proficient with it. Um, yeah, you're not afraid to take that long shot. You yeah, know, I mean that's the you know I had a I had a discussion. Uh, Yesterday, about um, with a guy about uh, um, one of the one of the biggest flaws that people have when they're shooting is they they don't get a good cheek weld and they can't figure out why they can't shoot consistently. And people, when I say consistently, 
you know, guys will say, oh, I'm happy with it. I'm getting like, I can, sh- I can hit a pie plate at a hundred yards. Oh yeah. And put ha- it at a thousand. And I'm happy with that, you know, and that's yeah. what they, and that's what they say. I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't need to do well. And I'm, and I say, you know what? At a hundred yards, I can put three bullets in the same hole. Yeah. Because yeah, like literally, if, literally, if you can find more hole. than one hole, like you'd, yeah. you'd really be stretching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and they and they're like, well, how to, how, why? And I said, well, for one thing, I pay attention to what I'm doing. I said, uh-huh. you, I said, you take the one thing that 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 you have to do to be a consistent shooter is have a good cheek weld. Probably one of the most important things besides your trigger pull on a rifle is to have your face and your eyeball line up with your scope or your sights exactly the same way every single time. Yeah. Because if you look through a scope sideways one time and straight on the second time and the other side you're getting the third parallax. Time, you're you're not going to you are not going to hit the same place all three shots. Yeah. No matter what you do, you're not going to be able, you can't make it you can't jerk the trigger hard enough to make it go in the same spot. Yeah. You know, so, um, so, so when you become, you have to become part of the rifle. You literally have to make sure that you're like, if you look at my rifle, the one that I shoot mostly, I have, a, I have a, one of those old army pads, those sleeping pads. Yeah. Foam rubber things. I, that's cut up and duct taped on the side of my, on the, on the buttstock of my scope, of my rifle. So that my, uh-huh. when my when I put my cheek on that, I know exactly it's always going to hit in the same spot. It always lands in that same spot on that same. It's always held the same height off the off the stock. Off, yeah, you know every time. So my eyeball looks through the scope the same way every single time. And sometime, so that's yeah. Sometime we're going to have to set up another rifle for me. Yeah. Um. I I. The only stuff that I shoot at real long range is uh, varmints, but I'm thinking about doing some like uh, longer range uh, big game stuff. Like I, in the next couple of years, I might go do an elk or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how you would set up a rifle that you actually have to carry into the field, but <clears throat> you want gonna... some long range accuracy on. Right. I'm gonna actually. I want to go elk. I want to take my dad's rifle elk hunting. My dad had a rifle built in a 300 Win Mag, Oof. and he always wanted to take it elk hunting, and was never able to do it. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so I want to—I'd like to do that and take his um, uh, take his rifle elk hunting with me. One other thing about that scope of mine is that um, that's like low end, high end. Like yeah. that's that's like the low end of optics for yeah. that for that range of shooting. Um, but there's a feature on it, um, and the reason the Nikon, the SBD or whatever it's called, it's something like that. I've got one on my uh, on my muzzle loader. The reason that reticle is so good, and this is a feature you want to look for in any higher end scope you're going to do if you're actually going to shoot it and not just like show it off to your friends, you want something on there that gives you a, a visual grid. You know, so so the the varmint hunter reticle has um, hash, hashes at each, at, you know, at a, certain things, um, both 
vertically and horizontally. And if you shoot your rifle enough with the same ammo, you will be able to figure out where to put that hash um, at 100 yards at 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 800 yards out, and then be able to compensate for the wind because you'll get mm-hmm. experience that if it's this windy, I need to put it on this hash. Mm-hmm. You know, now and, when you when you go uh, when you go out west um, uh, prairie dog hunting, do you guys take the time and put flags along the route to the to the prairie dog dens? Uh, we we typically don't, and the reason we don't is because if you go out and disturb the disturb the town, um, it'll uh, you'll it takes a um, long time for them to come back. Yeah, they just won't come back because they they're pretty game. They pretty much know what you're up to. You yeah. know, so you have to you have to sit for a while and let them forget that you're there, and then uh, then they'll all come up and you blast one, and uh, you're far enough away that they don't even hear the shots. Right. Like so, right. all of a sudden their buddy just blows up. But <laughs> you know, you think the, it's just a spontaneous eruption. <laughs> right. So the so there's good and bad things about the um about the wind in South Dakota. The, the good thing is that it's consistent. So if it's if it's blowing in one direction by you and one speed by you, it's probably going to be blowing the same at your target five okay. or 600 yards away. Um, the bad thing is, is that it's always blowing 10, 20 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's at least predictable, but you have to adjust for the wind for the wind out there, which is a completely different level of shooting. Now, yeah. if I was going to build another varmint rifle from scratch, I would not get anything but a uh, 204 Ruger, and I would put it on a, uh, a Savage. Uh, I, I have a 110. Yep. Um, and then we have that good trigger. Well, my trigger came awesome, but you can yeah. get trigger upgrades that are way better than the one that I've that, got. My cousin's got one that's just awesome. Isn't that isn't that the one that has the accu trigger on it to start? Yeah, with? It's, it's it comes with an accu trigger. It comes with a fully floating um, bull barrel, uh, and it comes with a tar- mine came with a, a big heavy target stock, so it came straight from the factory shooting awesome. Yeah. That's a that's an actually an underrated rifle. It's it's amazing for the money. Yep. Like yep. You, you'd have to spend big bucks to get any better than that. And I, you know, I'm I'm a decent shot. I I can't say that. Well, I can say um, my my cousin has one rifle that's set up in 204 with uh, with better optics than I have, and it's a better rifle. He's got custom trigger. Everything about it is just just an upgrade from what I have and I can shoot reliably 150 yards further than I can shoot with mine, you know? So, but I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I would get that much more enjoyment out of spending as much. His, his rifle costs three times as much as mine does. Maybe more, maybe five times, you know? And it's like, I don't know that I would get that much enjoyment out of reaching out 150 yards further, but but with Might. a two two oh four Ruger, that is that is the varmint caliber, man. Those things are flat and fast. And huh. they just explode stuff. Wow. Um but uh anyway, probably enough talk on, on those, right? Rifles. I've got a I've got another one from our friend from Steve S. <clears throat> and he says and he's upset because TSA security confiscated his Swiss Army classic pocket knife. Because he thought that the rules had changed. Mm-hmm. Apparently the rules didn't go through. The new rule didn't pass. Mm-hmm. He said, I, "I'd like to do something with the 
TSAs finally got, uh, you know, breaking the tips off nail clippers and all that crap. You know, they're still doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said he wants to start a new religion where we honor our God by always carrying the ten essentials, which includes a knife, so that we're always prepared to help ourselves and our fellow man. A confiscation of any of these items would be an infringement on our right to practice our religion. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not uh, confiscating people's turbans. <laughs> you know, like I think it's I think that's an awesome idea. I think um, it's an awesome idea. Yeah. I think uh, we definitely need to look into that. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. I'll let him start it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're already um, a minister. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually an ordained minister in the uh, in the uh, uh, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. I'm yeah. a real deal ordained minister in it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So uh, you got what else you got? Oh, nothing. Okay, I got some stuff. Um, I forgot to I forgot to mention another Instagram user to look at. Uh, if you're into Bala songs, his name is B-A-L-I-S-I-C-K. Another guy that has these crazy things. Now, here's a topic you might find kind of interesting. So, um, through my brother, I have this friend who's uh, from the South Philippines, and he now lives in the United States. And he's like, of course, my brother, as soon as he saw my Hom design, he went and bought one. <laughs> and, like, uh, we're both, like, all crazy about ballad songs now, like, flipping them constantly. But anyway, his boss is actually from the South Philippines and has been, like, just going crazy when he when he sees us, like, flipping our knives and stuff. Just just loves it. Well, he brought brought my attention to another thing. Um, that they do in the Philippines. They'll take like, so what you'd need to do is uh, Google Indian Pana, P-A-N-A. Okay, they take, they'll take like a nail that they found somewhere and they'll they'll um, tie some feathers to the back of it, right? And mm-hmm. uh, then they find like an old piece of inner tube and they, they, t- they tie it around the top of a stick and now they've got like, a primitive bow and arrow and they'll they will have like gang wars with these things so it's these wow. like super deadly uh improvised slingshots that whip whip uh darts and stuff <laughs> but he, he told me all nasty of, i know it's cool so that's something else for our uh illustrious uh listeners to list, uh look into indian pana p-a-n-a that's uh really cool that that could be um you know, for all the people that like the kind of oddball uh, do-it-yourself stuff, that's another. I might actually look into that and try to make one <laughs> and figure out how to use it because that's like right up, like uh, the, like right improvised up, weapons, right up our alley. Yeah, um, Impro- improvised weapons. Yeah, but they they actually have actual warfare with those in the Philippines to this wow. day. Um. Let's see, what else do I have for you? Oh, okay, so this is funny. Um, there's this uh, hipster, and uh, he uh, gets the idea that um, he's sick of bothering with eating. And, like, eating, he thinks that eating real food is, uh, how, what did he say? He said it was uh, reactionary. 
So like if you eat real food, you're old fashioned and you just don't want to change and blah, blah, blah. And you're probably part of the problem, right? <laughs> so he, he goes out and gets this idea that he's going to make a, a powder that you can rehydrate with water and, uh, you can drink that three times a day and that's all you need. Mm. Right. And it's this huge, like, uh, d- in January, the end of January, the guy got a twenty million dollar venture capitalist funding thing started. Is it is this the start. guy that that named it Soylent? Yes, it's Soylent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I mean? I guess. Now see, to me, I know I'm old fashioned, but so the greatest people. <laughs> it's, it is. Well, and and like, and so all these like uh, spaghetti limbed. Like hipster douchebags, like okay, so let's let's just be honest. Okay, here's what this is. Okay, uh, guy finished college, uh, couldn't get a job because he majored in fucking, uh, you know, <laughs> some uh, the art of art. um of uh, one particular tribe of uh, natives in some country you've never fucking heard of, right? And then he can't go get a job, or he majored in. Let's let's make it easier. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm I'm all about making this easier. Okay, he majored in <laughs> fucking puppetry. Okay, and now uh, he goes and tries to get his puppetry job, and like nobody wants to hire him, so he says, "Well, shit, you know, maybe I'll just go work at a bank or whatever." And they're like, "You majored in puppetry? You're a fucking dumbass. We're not hiring you." And so he goes and has to live with his mom and his dad in the basement, and he's sponging off of them. Like, he goes and becomes fun-employed, so he, like, works at, like, some place. He does an internship. Like a water park. Yeah, yeah. Where Or he goes and – actually, probably what he does is he goes and does an unpaid internship with some nonprofit that, you know, does – you know, like the Coney 2012 bullshit. You know, he goes and does an unpaid internship with them, so he's fun-employed. And he's doing it because, you know, corporate corporate life is greedy. They're greedy, <laughs> evil people, and I'm not going to contribute to that. So instead, he goes and, and, and decides that he's going to work for a leech company and yep. uh, leech off of the people who are actually producing something. Well, this goes on. Um, his mom gets sick of doing his laundry and says, well, you know, maybe you should, like, do the laundry and, like, help out with some chores. And he's like, don't oppress me, man. <laughs> and so... The months go by, his mom gets sick of it, his dad is already sick of it, because, like, who is this spaghetti-limbed, celery-physiqued idiot that's living in my house and has a fucking basement full of puppets? So they throw him out. (laughs) And he won't carry in wood. Right, and so they throw him out, and so he, like, has to, like, take some menial job at a gas station so he can afford rent with to split a $400 apartment with like eight other people, right? And he's living in here. But the saving grace was that his mom uh, like let him come over for dinners because, you know, she doesn't want to see her boy starve. Well, time goes on and he like insults her one too many times and keeps talking about check your privilege and all this bullshit. And she says, okay, you're not even eating here until you stop that nonsense. And so now he's out of the house, and he has to cook his own food, has to buy it. He knows nothing about it. 
So he starts drinking like these insure shakes or whatever, right? Or something and fumbles around. And so finally he comes up with carnation instant breakfast only for hipsters. And that's what Soylent is. But, but I think it's funny that they chose that name. It's perfect. Well, well I mean, it's, it's but, because they're geeky and it's a nod to um, the science fiction aspects of it. Right. But if I was really wanting to make money. Yeah. I, and it would, and I don't want it to just be a flash in a pan. Right. Um, I would try to not name it something that was people. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, is like sometimes it's that that is your market because it's really it's just a marketing thing because there's right. already insure shakes, there's already carnation instant breakfast, there are already this is the he's trying to reinvent the wheel. Science has already figured out a powdered form of food. That you can eat and well, never yeah, have we, to consume. We pump anything it into else. people with stomach foods. Yeah, with, with, with yeah, stomach with G tubes and J tubes, right? Yeah. So really, what I suggest for this guy, since he doesn't want to work, just wants to sit on his ass and play computer games and sit at home, doesn't want to clean the bathroom and all this. Here's what you do: go and get yourself a catheter, go and get yourself a rectal tube, and go and get yourself a J tube, and hook yourself up to tube feedings. And you never have to leave your chair. It's perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. we already know what you can... We, You're not inventing anything, you hipster fuckface. Like, you are not contributing anything. We already know well, the I don't science. Even know who would, I don't even know who would buy it. His oh, other hipster a, doofus friends? Yeah, that and... Well, it's... it's it, Be the like thing the same is, is kind of people that bought Billy Beer. Well, it's... it's the thing is, is it's... It's very cleverly marketed in that it appeals to people that are in the exact situation that I just described to you. And there's a <laughs> lot of people in that situation because they all voted for Obama and the fucking economy sucks now. Yeah. So they're yep. stuck in that situation and, and they will be for the foreseeable future. You know, it's yep. going to be this way for a long time, people. Yeah. There's like, going to be a revolution. Revolution! <laughs> right. We're going to start taking back our government. No, we're not. Um, there uh, was a peaceful right revolution in November, dude. I'm, I'm going to follow you. Well, there was a I'll peaceful right revolution in, in November, oh, and what are they doing? They're caving yeah. on everything. Yep, yep. Um, so, <laughs> you know, speaking of all this, uh, uh, somebody added me to this crazy Facebook group where they want to go over and uh, – and kill ISIS, and I got right the <laughs> hell out of there <laughs> because there's no no surer way to get your ass thrown into Guantanamo than yeah. to go over and do that. And well, it, you no know, thanks. you know, I I said that a while back about um, you know all you would have to do is uh, you know just tell them tell people tell the general population that hey anybody wants to go over there and fight here's a weapon here's some body armor here's a helmet here's your flight and yeah. here's some money. And uh, you'll go. join this unit. Yep, yep. Uh, that, oh, wait, there's a lot of people that would sign up for that, but it's not me. I know. They, it would be like a. It would be like a. Uh, um, a safari. Did you yeah. Did you see what I posted on Facebook today? I didn't yet. Um, this morning, when they were discussing the whole job thing. Yeah. I said uh, I got a good job for ISIS. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> It would be a bullet stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yep. 
Okay, a bullet a bullet trap. Before we get too far into ISIS, because I do have a point to make about them that maybe people haven't thought about. You probably have because you listen to the Hardcore History uh, podcast. Uh Um, Here's some knives in the news from the New York Daily News today. State Senator Tony Avela wants to ban machete possession in New York. Hmm. Yep. So they're going to ban machetes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Because they're these, he's what? describing them as these uh, killer, killing weapons um, uh, that it's just crazy that you can buy them. <laughs> People are, you know, sometimes it just makes me crazy that they are so stupid. The only thing it does for him, though, is it gets him in the news, and I suppose that because he's so egocentric, that's probably all he cares about. Yeah. You know, is that is that, you know, he's in the news. Yeah. Because otherwise, you'd ban cars. Yeah, you I mean, kill that's a lot the real, more every people argument, with that. Yeah, you can kill a lot of people with a car. You know, and it's been done. More people die in car accidents than anything else. Yep. Um, Bruce Jenner's in trouble for that right now. Yeah. Yeah, so you can just axe him, people. Um, Bruce Jenner. Um, yeah, I, I won't even go into that. That's probably hot water topic, but um, they are. Uh, he he just gotten some hot water for rear-ending someone. Uh, at least that's what the stories say. Um, well, I think he was the one that was liking to be rear-ended. Oh boy. Okay, so I'm not even gonna go there. Um, people, that was Jim's voice. That was not Kyle's. <laughs> Um, you know what? What's so sad about that whole situation is here's a man that literally was the only one in his family that ever did anything to be proud of. He was he was the Olympic triathlete champion in what was it? 1976. Yeah, he, he's really accomplished something with his life. To be an Olympic athlete is a major accomplishment. Yeah. Okay. So he's the one. He's and and they throw him into a family that the whole family has done nothing to to gain their notoriety they've done nothing they have not contributed anything to society nothing and they've gotten more attention than Bruce Jenner yeah and 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 like i said he was a he was a uh, he did the decathlon not the triathlon decathlon he was he was the uh, decathlon champion gold medalist you know i mean that's like a huge huge thing so now he's looking back at his life going wow that's not much of an accomplishment if i had a big ass like my wife or my daughter i could be really really famous so i think that's what i'm gonna do yeah i tell you what though being a olympic athlete is that's a pretty major accomplishment and deserves respect and in, in yeah, my it's book sad, it's sad to see it's sad to see a society that has this man thinking that he needs to do a reality show about him becoming a woman to be famous when well, he had such a phenomenal accomplishment in his life already. Yeah, and it, it's sad to be in a society that even values being famous. Right. Like, But but anyway, um, you, you know who to Brian the, to Boy... The, you to know, the point... To yeah. the point where you're going to have your junk cut off. Yeah, you're going to mutilate yourself. Well, at any rate, uh, do you know who Brian Boitano is? Yeah. One of my business partners, that's his brother-in-law. 
Really? Yeah, so I'm like good friends with Brian Boitano's sister. <laughs> so what would he do? What? Don't you remember that joke when it was going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on, uh, <laughs> that was on uh, South Park. No, he's, yeah. he's actually a really cool guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, what was I going to say? I think, didn't he have from. a, I think he had a, he's got like a villa in Italy or something that he, didn't he do a TV show about re- rehabbing this villa in Italy that he inherited? Yeah, and my, my, my business partner's daughters are on that show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. But there's, they have, uh, they have mega bucks. So that's the guy, remember I've, I've told you before, like if we ever need a jet. Like a, He's the guy? Yeah, I can get one, but I, I'd have to pay for it, but. I have full access to a, a nice. Learjet when it, whenever I want it. I've never used it because it's too much money. But nice. Um, anyway, well, let's go to let's go to Italy. No, do you know how much that would cost? It'd be crazy. It's ten thousand dollars to fly that thing anywhere, and then you got to hmm. pay people to sit there while you're there. And then you got to hmm. fly back. Hmm. Hmm. Let's get a thousand dollar flight. Flight I'd business. Go. I'd rather go. Um, I'd rather go uh, somewhere a little less civilized, but it's know. hard to get your wife to go along with you. Yeah, I want to go you somewhere know. where you can't hear planes and stuff, and motors. Hmm. And I've been there before. Taiga, middle of ta- yeah, you could go there. You probably still hear snowmobiles up there. Oh yeah, but I've I've been in, in spots the where of summer. I've been in places where you can't where you don't hear anything for a couple weeks. Um, the most uh, the most natural, uh, uninhabited, and most you know with the most animals and everything, and you know no, least amount of humans and background noises I've ever been to is uh, the middle of Guiana. Oh yeah, Guiana is basically inhabited only around the coast and like Georgetown. There's some stuff inland, but really not much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was a really cool. Experience now um, on ISIS. Uh, you know what? Well, I'm starting to look at them as um, so. You've listened to the Hardcore History podcast. Mm-hmm. Y- you remember when he's talking about like when the uh, when the Mongols come in and like screw everything up for a while, and you have to fight them and all that. They just right. pop out of nowhere, cause all this trouble, and do all this terrible shit, and then leave. Yep. That's kind of what ISIS reminds me of. Yeah. yeah that's it's basically, they just pop out of the middle of nowhere, take over all this crap, and r- basically run people over, and then, uh, you know, they have to be dealt with at some point or another. Right. They're In a like, harsh way. Yeah, they're like barbarians. Because that's, that's the only thing that they understand. I mean, for God's sakes, they caught that gentleman on fire. You yeah. Know, I mean, and I just, I just heard the other day that they... They did that to 45 you know, uh, members of the Iraqi security force. Yeah. Hell, they're yeah, running so, over people's heads with a bus. Right, and so now you now you see these are like the the Mongol hordes, mm-hmm. or like or like any of the other um, situations like this that uh, Dan Carlin describes. You know, it's yeah, kind of a they're so they're so horrific that everybody's just a, just in fear. It's like what can you? Yeah, you have to you have to figure out a way to deal with them. But anyway, we're kind of running out of time here, or at least I am. Well, well, we won't be so long in the next between next ones. I think I've got a handle on my Skype now, so 
Good. Uh, what else you got? Anything else? No, pretty much. My, my wife is home, so I'm going to go and uh, talk to her and see what's going on. All right. All right. How do people so, find us? Um, send us emails, which you guys have been doing very well. It's great. We get. It's nice to get a lot of response. Um, uh, although I didn't like all the bitching between t- between the two podcasts. I mean, I guess <laughs> I can kind of understand, but um, I got a lot of emails like saying, "Where the hell are you? I'm, I'm Jonesing. I'm Jonesing." Yeah. So. Um, so they can email us at uh, podcast at knifejournal.com. Mm-hmm. Like us on Facebook. Um, you can like Kyle or myself on Facebook too. We'll we'll friend almost anybody, uh, unless you're like a have zero posts and you're like a like Nigerian a, prince. <laughs> well, <laughs> like a like a um, a 22 year old. Um, very bosomy lady on your profile picture, you're probably not going to get friended by me. <laughs> me neither, because I know that that's, uh, <laughs> that's only trouble. <laughs> yep, yep. And it kind of cracks me up because when you when I look at the profiles, I always look and see who which one of my friends are friends with this person. And I start and I start laughing. It's like, ooh, there's going to be trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, join us on the forums at uh, knifejournal.com. Um, I said, like us on Facebook and. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yep. I, what should they I did do? get? I, you know what? I did get a. Uh, I did get an email. Um, Next time. Yeah, and and we need to talk about it because it was from Anthony. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Next time though. I think I think I forwarded that to you. Yeah, I, he sent he sent one to me too. Maybe it's the same one, but. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So um, if that's that's all we got, we'll say so long and farewell and. Uh, Keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper. Until next time, bye. Bye Bye-bye.